Greetings, nerds. This is Cena Nerd. I'm your host, Sarah Belmont, and with me, as always, is our Mr. Producer, Will Paul. How are you doing tonight, Will? Well, very well, Sarah. How are you doing this evening? <laughs> what was I that? know. Uh, oh, I paused. I was just like, yeah, it's this Thursday. You know, I know we recorded Friday a couple weeks ago, so it's just sort of like first week back of like everybody in the household back to normal schedules and stuff with school and everything so it's just sort of like oh yeah it is almost the weekend <laughs> yeah no it is and it's going to be a, a quote-unquote long weekend which i don't know three-day weekends never seem long to me it just seems like you get a bonus day yeah. that you either use it wisely or you completely just it happens and you're like oh i'm back to work and yeah, counting on the day down the days to Thanksgiving. <laughs> for, real, for real, but also, given you know, given the all the content that we have, I'm, I'm kind of looking forward. It's nice to have that long weekend because I mean, there's the Lord of the Rings, the two episodes are dropping today, and then uh, of course we got House of Dragon, which I know we'll talk about episode two tonight, uh, and. Yeah, so we'll go back and rewatch like you know She Hulk and Star Girl and other things, and just discover new things. It's like got the nice long weekend to do that. Yeah, definitely. But what won't be happening during the nice long weekend is, um, or at all this year, is DC fandom. Yeah, yeah, fandom got yeah we got official word today that. Fandom is no more, at least for 2022, and probably, probably forever. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. What DC Warner Brothers, a parent company of DC, yeah, made the announcement today that they are you know, now that uh, they're really putting their focus back on live events. Uh, of course, we have all the Comic Cons returning. Even though they have, even though they haven't said they're going to show up at New York Comic Con, which I think and Dragon Con is this weekend, I believe. Oh, DC, I wouldn't, I would not show yeah. my face for a very long time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think, yeah, just you know, they're moving release dates back, you know, with which I think was smart with Shazam because I realized at first I was like, huh, but then when I realized that there the Avatar two is is also going to be released in December. I'm like, oh yeah, yeah. Give December to to Disney. Let's go ahead. Let's give it, give it, give it to Avatar because Shazam would have just gotten run over, I think, with 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 Avatar. Uh, but yeah, I think uh, yeah, th- and of course, obviously the Ezra Miller stuff, and yeah, nothing good could have come out of trying to try to force an event this year. Definitely. Yeah. Um, talking about forcing things, I guess on September third. Um, as part of National Cinema Day, all movies in all formats, showtimes, along with popcorn and soda, will just be three dollars. Yeah, yeah, I didn't realize that uh, National Cinema Day was was coming up, but it makes sense, I guess, with, with trying to tie it around Labor Day. And even though there's really not many big films out right now, I know I did go see the re-release of uh, Andor. Uh, to get ready for Andor uh, Rogue One, uh, yeah. but, uh, which was I saw an IMAX and oh, I, you know every time I watch that film, that's the first time I think I've watched it on the big screen since that, the, the initial theatrical release. But uh, I gained a greater appreciation for 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 that film, and yeah, it would have been, you know they, they had played their cards right. They they should have like 
wait until this weekend. But I guess they probably like had gotten it all booked when they were planning on dropping the series this week. But uh, obviously they pushed it back to September. But uh, yeah, but with the um, cinema day, yeah, I think most places. Well, yeah, go go see if you there's some a film you want to see. You can go check it out for three bucks. I think I think AMC is doing a a, a bundle uh, where I think it's five dollars total. So it's you know three for the ticket and then two dollar each for popcorn and drink. So yeah, so just you know check your local theater to see what deals they have. But I think the vast majority of them are doing the three dollar deal for 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 National Cinema Day on on this upcoming Saturday. Yeah, I'm just staring at the other headline to read because I thought it was going in one direction mm-hmm. because I've seen this headline before and I thought I read. So I th- wait. So yeah. I feel like yesterday I read that Ben Kingsley is returning to the MCU as Trevor Slattery in the next Chang-Chi movie. But is that in addition to the new Wonder Man series? So he's yeah. So he is definitely coming back to he's definitely coming back to the MCU. And the only thing I have seen so far is the chain the uh, Wonder Man series. Okay. But I mean, the, it would sense for but, him to be in Shang Chi too. But here's the thing. So De- Destin Daniel Creighton, who produced and co-wrote Shang Chi is also serving as executive producer of wonder man so maybe that's where the two things maybe so maybe that's what that's what you saw with the yeah yeah that yeah so the creative yeah so the creative folks behind shang chi is also gonna is also behind wonder man so maybe that's maybe that's what you that you read maybe the headline writer was uh didn't didn't convey that correctly or or if you heard it on a podcast somewhere, maybe they completed it too. Yeah. Well, Wonder Man just sounds like something that's going to get dropped. <laughs> so maybe the writer was like, I don't know if this series is actually going to happen. This might well, be one of um, the, f- the few MCU shows or pitches that, yeah, in concept, but during pre-production, it just falls apart. <laughs> and they're like, well, never mind. Maybe, maybe, but I mean, if they're, if they, I think it's green light. I mean, given that Creighton is signed on as the executive produce, and we'll probably, you know, given that we have D23 coming up next week, uh, we will probably get more information about this series um, when we, when we have D23. Okay, well, we probably will. You're usually right about these things, Will, except for when it comes to DC. Um, <laughs> I, I have given up on even trying to, to be to read any kind of crystal ball about what DC and Warner's going to do. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh, yeah. Speaking of DC, we actually do have something decent to talk about because Stargirl returned this week. I, I, I watched it. I was not in a pleasant place. I've had a, I've had a, like an off week at work. Mm. And so, I don't know. I just wasn't in the right mindset. However, with that being said, I was, I was surprised by how much I actually liked this episode. Mm. Um, I, I, I don't know. It was, it was very, 
funny because it's been a while since we've been in Blue Valley. And um, just to see how things, to be reminded about how, where things left off Mm -hmm. and how all of these relationships have changed and evolved um, and where the JSA is right now um, is interesting. Courtney still bothers me, but (laughs) (laughs) there's just some, I mean, even her team was like, so are you going to ever tell us why you want to be friends with Cindy now? Like what's going on here? Mm -hmm. And it always has to go with her, deal with her daddy issues. And maybe I'm just tired of that being being the thing. But um, that being said, I did think it was, I don't know, like Artemis's parents. I liked their whole like, hello neighbor. We're trying to, come back and i like this idea that these these villains that we've seen over the last two seasons are because of the way things ended and having to come together to defeat calypso they're like i want to be rehabilitated yeah, yeah. <laughs> i'm a good guy now um and i and we haven't really seen that before um so so i think it was kind of it was very refreshing Yeah, yeah. You know, when I was watching this episode last night, I, you know, I have to say the the CW 2.0 superhero shows, at least overall, have really, uh, really, like, taken it up a notch. And and I think, well, one, I think Stargirl, I know was when the first season it co-aired on the the defunct uh, DC streaming platform and and the cw but the but uh you know the tone because i think it was on another network first and produced by another network it, it already started out the gate with a different tone like you said that was very refreshing and different than the the tropes that we had gotten kind of used to in the in the arrowverse mm-hmm. so and so i i really it really enjoy this show because it uh like just like superman and lois where you know it's you have a family dynamic with courtney and and pat and 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 of course starman now also showing up you know because we had like you said they really did a great you know job picking up where everything kind of ended last season and the and the Dugans had all gone off to on their summer vacation, and that's a that's a, another thing too. Is it's like there's a it's kind of a normalcy about the about them, you know that yes, it's a superhero show, but they're doing things that normal people do, like go on a vacation, and and then Starman was house sitting for them, and they get back, and it's like welcome back, you know, welcome back, and and then of course you have the neighbor dynamic and everyone, and then and then of course like you said all the isa members are now trying to make amends like of course last season we saw uh the shadow to become uh i guess i don't know if i want to say anti-hero but he definitely was like an aide to to courtney and everyone as they were trying to defeat calypso and then this season now we we we, we get the gambler mm-hmm. and and he's trying to make amends and and we learned that he has a daughter that 
and 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 a real big and a partial backstory to to why he wants to better himself so that she doesn't end up potentially in a life of crime. So you know, so they really already introduced a lot of little elements at the beginning of the season, and and then of course you know seeing where all our JSA members, as far as like Rick and you know you know, I like the fact that they were. They didn't just um, ignore the fact that he, you know, he, he about Solomon Grundy, and you know, we we see Rick, you know, having to deal, you know, deal with that situation, and and uh, Beth and her parents, and and all the cringe things that her parents were doing, is and 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 also, yeah, I just really, really enjoyed, really have missed this show, and I'm I'm, I'm glad it's back. Yeah. They definitely always do this thing with the uh, JSA members where we get two minutes here and there and until their episode airs where they have a their storyline really gets pushed to the forefront. Um, and I think why the writers continue to do that is because at the end of the day, this show isn't called JSA. It's called Stargirl. Yeah. So it's always going to be about Courtney um, but that being said, it is surprising how much this supporting cast really does uplift this show overall. And it's I always find um, the JSA dynamic to be much more interesting, especially them as a group, which I'm hoping we they just I, I think. I think they just we need to see them more. We need to see that group chemistry more. Um, over the last two seasons, they've spent a lot of time almost separate, yeah. um, going through their own hurdles only to come together, um, for the big battles. But I just, I want to see more teamwork and more of them in the, in the garage together, like we saw in this episode. Um, but they did set up a murder mystery that's apparently going to be surprised. Another thing about the show, they do a good job with that overall big bad, um, so it'll be interesting um, how this season unfolds um, because it, for me, it's always been a slow burn. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it delivers in the end. It, it delivers, but I'm always like the first few episodes. I'm like, okay, get there, get there. Yeah, yeah. Um, they also, yeah, I, I agree. They, they they do get there, and I, I like the thing that you did whenever you were talking about the, the other JSA members. The thing what I also like about how they utilize their supporting characters is their B stories. The B story always ties back to the overall issue or overall theme of the season. And and even though whenever people are all doing their own things, it it, it always ties back and it's not a, 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 it, it may be a character exploration or something about, you know, about the supporting character, but, it serves, you know, it services to the, the the bigger bigger arc of the season, and the other thing that uh, would with this season premiere in particular, uh, with Starman returning and the dynamic between him and Courtney and the staff, um, and and the, and the arrangement that they have come, they were able to 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 come to because 
on the one hand, he was like, no, 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 Courtney, it's fine. You know, you, the staff chose you. I'm, you know, I literally dug myself out of a grave. <laughs> but Which, you're, okay, wait yeah. a second. Before, yeah. I mean, yeah, the staff arrangement, but this is Courtney being Courtney where she gets yeah. an idea. And for some reason, the much older men in her life can never say, Courtney, that's a ridiculous idea. That's not going to end well. They yeah. just go along with it. But that's besides the point. Courtney, if you hear someone say, I dug myself out of my own grave, you ask the question, how the fuck do you do that? Yeah. <laughs> you ask, like, legitimately, you are yeah. buried underground and in a coffin. How do you, how, like, I don't, I don't, I don't understand yeah. that concept to me. And that, that's what we call, ladies and gentlemen, a red flag. A flag that something is not right. Yes. <laughs> yes. Just, 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 just a little one. Just, maybe just a little red flag there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you just, you have to ask the follow-up questions. You can't just like be like, well, oh, that makes sense. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> that makes sense. Yeah. You want, you want to, you want to have the staff during the day when I'm at school, and then at night I'll just go out and fight crime. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> he didn't need the staff to dig himself out of his own grave. Yeah. Red freaking flag. For real. For yeah. real. Yeah. But. Yeah. Which I wonder how that's going to, you know, clearly, you know, with Mr. Bones, I think, being the big bad this season. And um, and, and also, yeah, I just, you know, I just wonder how, I mean, because that all is going to tie together. And, and I mean, there was a nice little moment between Pat and, and Starman and on the porch, you know, guys are sitting back drinking beers and stuff and, and, you know, but I just wonder when the, like you said, the, the big red flags are going to start like going ding, 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 uh, Courtney, you need to like slowly roll a little bit and expect, you know, like you said, ask the follow-up question because it's just something's just not right here. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. All right, so from from that episode of Star Girl to another heroine, She-Hulk, um, Jennifer Walters is representing Emil Belonsky in this episode, and her star witness is Wong. Wong, 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 Wong. <laughs> this was a cute episode. It yeah. it it didn't do anything outlandish. It was just another installment of Jennifer settling into the superhero law division. We had a B plot that at one point she turns and she, she breaks the fourth wall and tells us, ah, this is where the B plot intersects with the A plot. Yeah. It did, but to go back to what you were just saying about star girl, the B plot didn't really, it, it, it wasn't cohesive enough. No. I mean, it the as funny as it is and as cool as it is to see Meg the Stallion um, in this universe being represented by She-Hulk, um, or potentially we will in the future, mm-hmm. it it still didn't like the whole Asgardian um, fraud. <laughs> <laughs> but but then again, it. This in a way felt like an introduction. Like we 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 have we have the first episode that tells us about how she gets her powers. 
second episode it's like okay well how can I be a lawyer and be the Hulk and there's a solution and now we're introduced to the law form firm in a way where this is what we're going to see we're going to see even and in this case because going into it I was thinking oh they're going to represent superheroes well Pog was actually doing the opposite yeah. He, he he was trying to get justice for somebody using their powers um, to fraud someone. So, um, which I wasn't expecting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was. Um, I think that now, because until you said that, I was really like kind of down on the whole mm-hmm. B plot, with the exception of Pug and Josh Aguera. Yeah. But now that you mention it, that actually strengthens that that B plot quite a bit because it is, it, it gives a, a, a different dimension to the show. Right. Um, that I did not see. And, and that's why I always enjoyed talking with you about these things, because when I, when I watched it, I was like, okay, yeah. Um, Dennis. Yeah. Dennis is an ass. We get it. You know, he's just, you know, and, and, and I love, I mean, I did like the way that, they came up with the solution as far as how to get Dennis a judgment in his favor. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but, but in, in all the, in all the things I've heard, you know, I did get a chance to listen to some other shows and stuff today and, and, it, and, and, and other write-ups, but you're right. They did flip it a bit because the way they had, the way they had, the show has been presented, it was Jennifer. Yeah. She's going to be representing, superheroes and supervillains and you know this is where matt murdoch was going to tie in with daredevil you know because that's what and 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 all that and but yeah i mean that in this situation i mean the only super thing that pug was represented was a super dick but (laughs) but but he was frauded And, and and i think about like the boys in this regard where um where in that Marvel hasn't really done it, but now the, the show is starting to take this on. Is the ramifications of superheroes doing things, good or bad? And and in this situation, like you said, I mean, Pug was representing Dennis because we had a superhero who, well, not a superhero, but we had a person who um, has superpowers and, and misused those to to hurt someone. Um, not not necessarily in a uh, you know, physical way, but uh, where they defrauded him of one hundred seventy five thousand dollars. So uh, that that was really a very smart and clever thing that that B B plot did was just like, oh no, we're you know, there's there's multiple sides to 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 this living in this world of, of superpower beings. Yeah, Th- there there is, and there's also. They're taking their, they did the origin story of how she gets their um, powers very quickly. But what, what we're finding in this, in this first season is it's more a slow burn of her accepting mm-hmm. her situation. Like she's still living under this impression that things can go back to, will ever go back to normal for her. It's like, Jennifer, you're a, you're a lawyer. Wake the fuck up. What do you think? How, how do you think this is going to work? Um, 
so I wasn't expecting her at the end of it to, um, to take what Emil tells her during the trial and, and suddenly be like, okay, I'm a part of story. I have to accept it. And, and if I'm able to be a part of it, like actually have a voice in it, then maybe I can help write my own story because right now everyone's writing it for me. They even came up with my name, um, which I hate. So, so I, I, I like that. Um, the, the seven soulmates, Mm. for a meal yeah (laughs) (laughs) oh my god the see it's it's interesting and and i know we touched this on this last week this is a comedy again i'm not really laughing out loud but i have to say at the end of the day the writing is very smart it's very smart writing it is very smart writing. I, I think it's, and so I think that's the other thing too. I think people, when they hear comedy, people are thinking yeah, laugh track sitcom comedy. Right. And, 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 and it's not, it's, it's, uh, it's very like subtle humor in, in some re- stuff, in some regards. Yeah. There are some things like right on the news. I mean, the whole social media, you know, and, and getting back to my point of me last week and I, you know, it's happening again now, you know, that I, I see it. Uh, when they when they have the, the the social media reactions and 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 but also they were also calling out like fandom yep. <laughs> elements of fandom who have been you know trashing this show. It was like did they like you know? It, I mean it, it it wasn't like they like recut the show or anything like that. It's just. We you know, like all you have to do is just look at Car- Captain Marvel and the reaction that people had, and they're like, "Oh, we got to we go, we're gonna have such fun with this in this show," and that's exactly what they did with those various reactions and stuff. Um, and and so it, it and so I did laugh, you know, I kind of la- I did laugh at those moments actually, uh, because yeah, it was kind of punching down, but it was kind of obvious, but at the same time, it was like, yeah, I- I'm glad they're just in universe calling this stuff out. Yeah. I mean, it's it's um, funny because the whole breaking the fourth wall, the fact that these are half hour or less episodes, mm-hmm. there there is that like premise of this is a comedy that used to see back in the '90s, early 2000s, but mm-hmm. but it's also very comic booky, and mm-hmm. and there, so it's 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 really interesting to see how they're able to to walk that line in between those two genres um and have it still make sense where i'm not completely taken out i mean wandavision isn't wanda isn't controlling this show by any means um and there are some theories i've heard about the breaking of the fourth wall Mm. um I just, I just think it's a good concept. I, I honestly don't want it to be the watcher who she's talking no. to or, or someone else, um, because I think it's a, it makes the show, because we're getting so many of these these days, mm-hmm. like stand on its own, have like a, have like a twist. I mean, that's what WandaVision did to separate themselves from everyone else. Yeah, um, it's a very concept film um show yeah. so i think especially now 
when when we've been through like five or six of these it it helps to 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 have a unique to be able to explore this world mm-hmm. from a perspective that we haven't already seen three or four times yeah yeah i mean they're definitely taking a chance here with it with this concept and and i guess that's the thing i mean we're so deep into the mcu as far as whether it's film or now on on streaming that they're 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 having to like find a different way to present this story so it's not repetitive and 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 also like as as we were talking about the humor yeah you know there's so much you know trying to land the jokes like for example thor love and thunder with taika and that his humor and Mm -hmm. and other you know you know, and there's there's humor that this comes organically to the story, and there's forced humor. And I feel like this show, to me, I, with over probably ninety percent of the time, it's just organic to the story. I've only felt like there's only been a few moments where I felt like, okay, they're just reaching for the joke. <laughs> you know, um, I think you know, you know, are there are there things that are like knee slappers? I mean, whenever she broke the fourth wall of this episode where she was talking about the cameos and then they had the meta of most meta cameos of Megan Thee Stallion, mm-hmm. <laughs> then, you know, how they link that all back as far as a cameo show. Yeah, I la- you know, I, whenever she was in the car and with all that, I, 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 that was, I laughed out loud because I was like, yes, you know, it's so self-aware and, and, and it works and. The only because now the big thing that I'm just worried is about is like now that you've had that moment in this episode where you acknowledge the fact that we're gonna have a cameo of the week. Is it are we are we setting ourselves up sort of like the Mephisto scenario of like this is when so and so is gonna show up? I mean, like when is Daredevil gonna show up? When is XYZ character gonna show up? And so but like seriously, when is Daredevil showing up? <laughs> it's got yeah, uh, fourth fifth episode. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm not in not any way asking you that because um, yeah. I'm I'm right there with you where you don't. But I but we can say that about any of these shows. Will like oh, yeah. you can say that about Star Girl. You can't you can't go into these shows anymore. I here here's my recommendation to listeners. Don't go into these shows having already mapped out in your head yep. what should, what is going to happen. Like, as much as you want to know, you, at the end of the day, you don't. Yeah. Because if you're right, well, I saw that coming. Coming. And mm-hmm. if you're wrong, be like, hmm, I would have, <laughs> if they had done with my way, it would have been better. Yep. <laughs> like, <laughs> so, I mean, there's a reason why I don't really pay much attention to, yeah. like, plot details, plot spoilers, or Easter eggs, or um, trailers, or posters. It's because, honestly, the best experience is when I know very minimal, if Mm -hmm. not anything, about these things. And then I go in and I let the story just be what the story is. And either I like it or I don't. Yeah, I completely agree. And I think... Uh, you know, with this, and because I think that's part of why I'm enjoying this series so far because I didn't have 
going into it, I had really very low expectations of anything. I just really, I just went into it. Okay, another Marvel show is coming. I'm hearing certain things about it, but I tried to keep an open mind and and not watch too many spoilers or whatever, uh, or or trailers or whatever. And yeah, and and so far, I I think it has enhanced my view and experience. And then, of course, coming here talking to you about it, and then, you know, you know, have my initial like, like I said, after that episode, I was kind of lukewarm. I mean, I liked it was okay, Mm -hmm. but I was sort of like, okay, you know, B plot really, like I said, as before, other than some performances by certain, you know, know, certain actors and stuff, I could have like not bothered with it. But then, as you, as you pointed out, a completely different perspective about what that story actually served in this episode i'm like ah and 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 i you know and so it really you know as as we talked about before i mean i think 30 minutes or so is the right length for this show and 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 i I like the the sort of law procedural comedy dramedy that that is sort of setting up right and just ride with it, and uh, yeah, and we get our cameos, like we you know we get our Wongs, and we'll get you know we'll get Daredevil when he comes, and whoever else may show up or or celebrity that they signed to to represent, <laughs> and yeah. then they can have the and then have the twerking at the end. So, <laughs> okay, well, on the twerking note, we're gonna jump over to Westeros because yeah. we have to go and talk about the second episode, the Rogue Prince. Um, for the show that has already been renewed for a second season. And yep. one of the co-showrunners have already decided to step down. <laughs> <laughs> don't worry. As Will pointed out to me, he will remain as an executive producer. Um, while Alan T- Taylor will return to both direct and serve as an executive producer. So they're doing some... They're doing some of their own Game of Thrones in the background, if you will. Um, But I just want to kick this off because we talked about this before. Yeah. Like, Will, as someone who did not watch the original series. Yeah. Welcome to the Game of Thrones theme song. (laughs) Oh, and I was was sitting there smiling when it dropped. (laughs) I did. I was like, I am full. I am fully on this train. I, I, and I, that, that opening, uh, because you described the original opening, which I I did, and how they would do the panning uh, and stuff of the, of the The world, the map. And so with this one, and seeing the lineage yeah. of the Targaryens, yeah. oh, the blood, I was like, oh, I, I was just like, I, I was, I was Leonardo pointing at the screen. I'm like, yes, I see. I, yeah, I, I, I was already on board from like episode one, right. but with episode, with this opening and hearing the original theme, because I know that was one of the big questions you had, whether or not we were going to get that. I had to hold myself back from my texting. It's like, did you just see the? Oh, because I didn't want to spoil it for you. Yeah. But because uh, I know you know time zone issues and all that. But um, yeah, I I really really that just set the tone for me. Uh, I'm like, okay, I'm fully on board here. And, um, and you know, but the thing about the you know with the lineage, you know, broke it down, and when you go through the the house, yeah, the, and 
you know, that that model that in the beginning, you mm-hmm. know, we later see it in the episode um, yep. with uh, with the king. And yeah. yeah. And uh, and it all, you know, and all each lot, you know, and then when it gets to Viserys's line, you know, you see the, the divergence. Yeah. It's just like two, you know. So, yeah, it's just, yeah, it, like I said, that's, that's, if you're not, if you're not sold by that opening, then, you know, not only, not even, we haven't even gotten into the story itself, but uh, the, the opening in and of itself <laughs> is just amazing. So, it's not, it's not even like the opening scene. It's literally the opening credits, which yeah. normally you'd be like, how do I fast forward? Yeah. But, and and will when I tell you that they did this mm-hmm. and potentially so the the theme song will remain, but <laughs> potentially they might make a few changes to where the blood flows. That's all I'm saying. I'm saying I'm curious because because something I also thought was very interesting about Game of Thrones opening credit sequence is that map would always change mm-hmm. and it would be a foreshadowing. Of yeah. where you were going to be in the episode, where what places. So I'm just I'm curious of if if we're if we are going to see see different things, and that way it makes the viewer more enticed to just sit down and watch it and and get yeah. out because you're about to go on an episode. But yeah. to get into the second episode, um, it's it's really it's good. I mean. At the end of the day, I I just love this world mm-hmm. because it I'm always engrossed in it. I'm not thinking while I'm watching it. I'm just I'm just like like mm-hmm. okay okay what's going on here? Um, yeah. And there were no really I mean yeah we saw some dragons but what what I found interesting in this episode in particular was there wasn't really any fighting bloodshed there wasn't any like big action sequences mm-hmm. yet it felt very thrilling because of the strategic calculated conversations the political moves that were occurring um and and how this whole idea you have this king he has to remarry and then but nobody really has an age appropriate person <laughs> for him so instead yeah. they're like well we got a 12 year old and we got a 16 year old so take your pick um yeah. which but it's it's still very, even though he is king who he ends up marrying is such a political move because mm-hmm. now you have and and we talked about him a little bit last week saying hmm I wonder what that guy is going to do. And man, he had an episode, but Craig, uh, not Craig is, um, Corliss. Yeah. Um, he, Corliss Valerian is now on team Damon. Mm-hmm. And, and so uh, forming a whole alliance because he, he'll be damned if he doesn't end up with like his bloodline on that throne. Um, at some time, but, We'll see. We'll see if that ever does actually happen. I mean, I don't think Damon would really want to marry a twelve-year-old girl either. No, no. He's got he's <laughs> got his own little side piece that he is trying to uh, trying to marry, uh, which I, which um, 
that that dynamic is is Damon's moral code is very very interesting. Yeah. In that, yeah. In that, he, you know, he has his strict. You know, he is the king's man as far as the king's guard, as far as for, at least before getting sent to Dragonstone. Before he went to Dragonstone, protecting the, protecting King's Landing, and you know, we saw the things that happened in the first episode, and and being judge, jury, and executioner, but then. Then, but on the other hand, he's got like this code with his family, mm-hmm. where where like you know speaking about Corliss and Damon's conversation, and Corliss, you know, bad mouthing the king, and he was like, da da da, you know, mm-hmm. know your know your place. I can say shit about my brother, right? You can't. And and then also thinking about how with uh um with Reyna and <laughs> on the. I mean, I don't want to jump. I know we got a lot to talk about this, and I don't want to jump to the state to no. the Dragonstone, you know, no, all, you know no, because there's so much to cover. Fair. Yeah, there's so much to cover there. But um, that scene on when the, the retrieved the dragon's egg. Yeah. And just when you know she shows up, and 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 we you know and I love the way they set the stage in the first episode as far as their relationship mm-hmm. and his yep. and his and his love for his niece mm-hmm. and her and her love and I guess I guess admiration of her uncle I mean they 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 and 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 to see that tension where it was literally about the you know the Damon's dragon was about to just you know barbecue. Otto and the and the gang, and then she swoops in with her dragon and you know make you know clear the way because uh, what's the dragon's name? Uh, was it Cyrax? I can't remember now. That was about right. Yeah. Um. But she's like, you know, stand back, y'all, because it's very protective of me. Yeah. And then the stare down between the two of them, and and they're and they're speaking in their native tongue and. And it just the whole this tension. I was just like, I was on the edge of my seat, wondering who was going to blink first. Mm-hmm. And she was steely eyed at me. She's like, no. I mean, even though this is her plan that you know she spoke out of turn earlier in the court, <laughs> uh, at which all the all the wise men, um, you know, were like, know your place. But it, her recklessness saved the day. Well, but it wasn't, it wasn't her, she wasn't being reckless. I think, I think she was more reckless in the small council room than making that decision to go and get the egg back because she, she is a lot like Damon where at the end of the day, like they're family. And so (laughs) She she wouldn't have been mad had he just gone to Dragonstone and been mo- making a mockery of her father. She wouldn't. She's just like, uh, that's Damon. That's Uncle Damon. He always doing crap like that. What that? Yeah. What else does he do? But when they told her there was a Dragonstone or a Dragon Egg missing, mm-hmm. and that it was the one because she asked which one. Like that. The moment they said which one she's like okay decision made i'm going 
Yeah, yeah. It was like my little my this is one over yeah for my deceased little brother. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. And, yeah, when I say reckless, I think I think I was really referencing back to the to right. the, the council chamber. But I mean she was very deliberate and and very clear and you know, it really sets up like well, she knows the, she knows the line. She yeah. at the at, at the end of the day, and I think that's that's another reason why Damon really couldn't do anything in that moment because she was right. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think looking back on it, I think her conversation or her debate, if you may, with the queen who never was, yeah, Orlis's wife. Mm-hmm. Um because to me that was a draw. Yeah. That was a flat out draw where both of them were were taking jabs at each other left and right and s- speaking some harsh truths about each other. Mm-hmm. Um but neither came out victorious and I think that was like a a uh, a workout for yeah. Renera so that when she yeah. did later on in the episode face off against Damon it's like oh trust me I I just I sparred against <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> the queen who never was. I can take on you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> nothing to me. Forget this father. Um, but but what what I took away from that scene and that moment between her and Damon, and why I think it left such an impression is because th- we're talking episode two. Mm-hmm. I love how we're getting bits and bits of this relationship of this love that we know the strain and the tension is just going to like be, be, um, be pulled on throughout the rest of the season, if not another season. So, because we know it's not going to end well, (laughs) (laughs) they're, they're not going to be a happy, lovey, like, like there's only so many times Renera can say that to him before he might actually kill her or she mm-hmm. might have to kill him. Mm-hmm. So yeah. it's I I that's what I find to be fascinating about it is is you're setting this up now really well. I know it's not going to last. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But also I think it's an interesting glimpse into how if if one of them were the king or queen, how they may rule the kingdom. Uh, well, welcome to the Game of Thrones. Yeah. That's yeah. Thank you. Thank you. About. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. I mean, you you hit you hit such a good mark that it brings a smile to my face because I haven't. I forgot about that aspect of this of this show where where it was funny in the first few seasons of Game of Thrones. You were you were you were looking at so many different things. But then as as the throne kept as people kept moving in and out of the throne, you're suddenly start to question exactly what you brought up is about all these people say they want to be the ruler, but. What would their reign look like? Do would they even know how? Yeah. Um, especially Renera, who she would be the first queen. Mm-hmm. And what does that mean? And then you have all these men looking to her, and and I mean, the king is already someone who everyone is targeting either to be on their side or to potentially yeah. get out of the way. 
yeah. if you're suddenly a queen, how much will you have like a, a potentially somebody is going to kill you? Like everyone wants you gone. So yeah, yeah, because you yeah. see, yeah, yeah, because I mean, like little you know tasks. Like clearly that the, the moment they're on the on the on the on the bridge at Dragonstone. Mm-hmm. But then, you know, but then also like even though she was she spoke you know, at least in their world, they she spoke out of turn at the council, but then they still trusted her to be able to 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 go select a, a guard for the king, you know, and then she yeah. and then she picked the you know, and then she's like, and she was very discerning. She's like, I don't want a bunch of guys who've never seen any real combat. I mean, I want someone who's been in the mud, <laughs> you know, I want. And, and, and so, you know, there's that. And then, and then Damon, as I said, between his, his code, but then, and, 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 and his very defense of the, of the realm as far as being head of the, of the king's guard, but then, you know, and then you, but then you see his his decision making with with um, his girlfriend, his mistress, mm-hmm. and, and his judgment. And I'm sitting I'm sitting there watching these scenes with with Damon, and 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 it's like he he he. It seems like he's on he's getting so lost in like because you know, I and, and, you know, he cooked up this story where he's like oh yeah I'm with child you know we're with child and we're gonna have this family even though he's got a wife <laughs> that, and 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 you know basically to draw the draw Otto and and everyone out to and so it's like what is his you know you know yeah, I mean, as far as Viserys, we we know we know his his vulnerabilities and stuff, and he's you know he's he's probably the right king for peacetime. But given that we know winter is coming, he's not probably the best person to be in the in that in that role, given mm-hmm. that we know that people are coming over the hill. Yeah, the the free cities. Um, yeah. Well, yeah. It's not, they're not even coming over the hill. They're uh, they're feeding people the crabs. They're feeding people to the crabs. Yeah, and Corlys is like. Yeah, we got our glimpse of Prince Craigus, the crab feeder. Draw, draw, draw. I don't know how to pronounce it. We'll find out soon. Yeah. Um, I that opening image was very mm-hmm. cool. I didn't really understand what's going on, and then they went back to it, and they had to basically <laughs> tell me <laughs> through exposition. They're feeding people the crabs. Like, oh, that's what that was. I thought. I thought like the guy was already dead or about like pretty yeah, much dead, and yeah. and the crab was just like doing like being like, oh, looky here. No, he's being fe- got it. Makes more yeah. sense now. Yeah. Um, that. Yeah. <laughs> very interesting. But see, that's another thing that this show two episodes in has already figured out how to do is to make make the viewer cap- captivated by this political, very medieval-like um, story of power and succession, but then bookend it with this more, these more fantasyful elements and yeah. say, oh, don't forget, this is an entirely made up world. <laughs> 
Yeah. <laughs> there's dragons and people are being fed to crabs. And we have a prince who, I don't even know how to describe what he looked like, but there's other things going on and other creatures, if you will, in this world. So mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's interesting um, how they're able to do that. Um, make you get lost in the more realistic stuff. Yeah. Um, only to, to remind you, no, this is a fantasy world. Yeah, it is a fantasy world, but then with real like, but the with, with the political machinations and 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 you know something you, you talked about earlier when we first got started, the uh, with Viserys and Otto and Corlys, uh, using their using their trying using their position and using their daughters to to curry favor and curry their their own power you know to uh determine the fate of the of the realm as far as producing an heir and and you know uh, the you know viserys i mean uh, patty constantine like just nailed it that whenever he and, and the little um what was it lanera i think her name yeah. uh Corliss, yeah when they were walking there in the garden uh-huh. and and he Everything about that scene, from how it was the, the, the setting to how it was acted, just just conveyed everything that all of us in the audience was thinking, which was like this. Even Viserys was like, "This is just, I just can't." Yeah. It was just the ick factor, and 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 it, and he's like, but 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 then he, I think, what made it so visceral in that. But it made it work. Was you know, yeah, it was a disgusting thing that we all agreed that that he would have to do, and then and he and he showed that on his face as they're talking, and also the disconnect in the age. Um, mm-hmm. but also, but then it brings up again, and what makes the show so good is the complexity of duty versus decency well i i think that what you're getting well for me why what i find interesting about viserys's dilemma is in the first episode when when hightower tells allison hey Mm -hmm. i want you to go comfort the uh the king everyone's like you pimping out your daughter like she's she's 16 she's 15 i don't know she's she's older so in this episode they're like okay viserys has to choose between two daughter brides or two um child brides um you have a 12 year old who he towers like the size comparison it's ridiculous yeah everything about it yeah (laughs) but but like for whatever reason like as much what you were saying about Patty doing such a good job acting in that scene, his scenes with Allison, mm-hmm. like as a viewer, you're less you're less with those yeah. scenes because there's both of the both of the actors in, between Allison and Viserys are really doing a good job of trying to build a bond yeah. through loss. Which is a very common thing. I mean, people honestly do relate and empath- and find empathy with one another if they have both 
suffered from similar tragedies in their lives. So it makes sense. And there's also this, um, the fact that there's a secrecy to it and she's a little bit older, but then I, guys, if, if the other one was 12 and she's 16, we're talking about four years. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's still a bit, but, but the way they were able to do that to kind of soften the marriage that they were going to end up having and make you feel a little less gross about that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I guess to your point, like how they acted it because they, they did, you know, they found that, that calm, that bond over the little models and, and the little statue figurines and stuff. So, you know, it, 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 it took you, it took that age gap out of the equation for you for a while, because you, you're right. I mean, the way they interacted, it, it truly did seem like a bond. Whereas here it's just like, here's this man towering over this little child. Right. Well, even how he's able to talk to her. Mm-hmm. Um, about his daughter and not knowing what to do with Renera, yeah. how to talk to Renera, and she's able to give him some advice that ends up working. Like that's that for a moment, that was a very spousal relation or conversation yeah. to have. Mm-hmm. And um, man, all I can think about is the look in Renera's eyes when yes, she sir. realizes. Um, and this is this is where people are already writing. Renera and Allison fan fiction. Yep. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Already writing it. Because I, and I picked up on it the moment we see the scene in the park and she talks mm. about it. All I want to do is be on my dragon with you. I'm like, mm-hmm. okay. Mm-hmm. Well, Otto has other plans for Allison, but yep. Yep. see, again, another relationship where you know these characters are are starting off in a place of love and friendship mm-hmm. um, and respect. And by the end of the season, they're going to be on opposite sides of this and it's yep. already starting. And, um, but, but hats off to the actress who plays Renera because like her eyes, oh my God. Yeah. are just so piercing Mm-hmm. In that moment of recognition and realization, it was yeah. so good. It was. It was. I mean, everything about, like you said, everything about this episode. Sometimes, you know, this was just a true uh, display of sometimes less is, you don't need, you know, sometimes just words and exposition. And, and, and but I think just, just, just solid acting I mean, across the board. Yeah. Matt Smith. All you know, Patty Constant, all the actors really just put it on a clinic on like how to use your, like you said, your eyes and dialogue and delivering dialogue, and just and, and blocking and all the just technical aspects and, and and production too. I mean, like you know, that whole scene on the on the bridge was not even. I think it was like shot in the, you know, it was special effect. It was like you know their their version of the volume. So yeah. It, it, everything about this episode was just like chef's kiss. I mean, I just, I just really, really enjoyed it. And, and, and I think it shows the versatility of the show. I mean, next week we'll probably, you know, who knows, we'll probably have a bunch of crap eater battles and stuff, but, <laughs> and, and, and we'll be talking about how awesome the, the scenes on the battlefield are, but this was truly just an episode where it just really set the table for uh, building on 
things that were established in the first episode taken to the next level to to propel things forward and um you know we know there's gonna be a time jump at some point into your you know into your point about the uh the, the you know changing of the opening credits and, yeah. and how things are that will that line will change as we as we we know it eventually will you know you know i'll be keeping an eye out for that now it's like okay is there additional bloodline coming through here now? yeah uh, because it's just so many things it's just you know i, I see like i said i i missed out on the on the first uh first go around with the the original series but uh i am i am happy that uh i am i am on the i am on the house of the dragon train <laughs> now yeah i'm 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 fully on the train and uh yeah i just can't wait I, i'm still so, you know appointment tv is back yeah definitely it's crazy because it took me a moment to realize this is episode two. Yeah. And I feel like we've been talking about this for at least four weeks now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, in a, but in a good way. <laughs> that's not I, I, and, and I like that. And, and that's my yeah. final point on the show tonight is so far it's done a really good job. And maybe it's because it's a prequel of a show I already loved. Um, but just making me feel immersed in this world and like, oh, I've, I've known these characters my entire life. But yeah. we're talking episode two. So we're talking episode two. It's yeah, crazy. we are. But as someone who I know you did watch the series and I know, like many fans, you were dis- disappointed with that eighth season. Uh, to see you re- regain your, your joy of, of watching and, and exploring this universe again and, you know, 10.2 million people did this past week and the show just keeps, seems to keep on growing. So it didn't have a sophomore slump. So. Yeah, definitely. All right. On that note, Will, why don't you tell our listeners where they can find you? Yes, you can find me at Will M. Polk, W-I-L-L-M-P-O-L-K on Twitter. And you can follow me at SJ Belmont, S-J-B-E-L-M-O-N-T. Please follow our crew on Twitter at Scene and Nerd. Friend us on Facebook. Follow us on Instagram. And visit our website, www.sceneandnerdpodcast.com. But most importantly, rate, follow, and comment on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, Google Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Good night, geek out. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs>